Ooh, welcome back, everyone. Back to the pod. To another episode of Batter. Standing for? Becoming a doctor. Mm-mm-mm. Trying out a new abreve. What do you think? <laughs> no, no, I like it when you spell it out Batter. full. Okay. This is a podcast where two fourth year... Fourth year... <laughs> med students, that's us, talk about the only thing that we ever talk about, which is... Med school. Med school. <laughs> you heard right. Fourth years. Yeah. Four, last week, third years. Yeah. Didn't know a thing. Mm. <laughs> now, we're pros. This week, fourth years. Basically, docs. You might ask what changed. The month. <laughs> Flip the calendar. Uh, starting May of your last year in med school... The fourth year scheduling starts, mm-hmm. so we are hitting the fourth year stride. Fourth and final, yeah, for sure. It's four out of four. Last year, best year. That's what I always say. Uh, pretty pumped about it. Anyways, fourth year. Put it in the intro. Back to the intro. Yes, uh, <laughs> we talk about one subject only, and it's medical school. Yep. I'm your host, Santana Sanchez, and I'm the co-host, Kevin Gale. Kevin J. Gale. <laughs> And you can find this podcast oh, let on... Let me do it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, becomingadoctorpod.com, on Twitter, becomingadocpod. Yes. Boom. Nice job. Yeah, no problem. Um, all right. Hit him with the theme song. Theme song. Say, kid, what do you want? What is this? Cut it. <laughs> Cut the music. Stop the music. What's up, sir? Unbelievable. <laughs> You went behind my back, <laughs> over my head, <laughs> with this again. Do you want the full theme song? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is what the people tune in for. A lot of people just turn it on for the first two yeah, minutes. Yeah, you're right. And then turn it off. Listen to this. Get what their jam on. When you grow up? I mean, the full s- song is definitely better. I'm working on a, on something special. For the 100th episode? <laughs> for the 100th episode. <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> really. What do you want? When you grow up, grow up. Yeah, season two, new theme song. Sweet. Get ready for it. Tell me when that's coming. Someday. Um, it's coming up. That's the theme song. Intro over. What's our first segment? Okay, so I just finished uh, my neurosurgery rotation. And Mm-mm-mm. that means that between the two of us, we're done with surgery. Yes. We're never going back into an OR. No. We're never even going to think about the OR. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Never going to have to uh, scrub. Never scrub in. Mm-mm. So I thought that we would do talk a little bit about surgery here, get all of our hot takes out. <laughs> uh, just get out of our system because we're never looking back. Yep. Yep. Uh, do you want me to start? Go for Here's it. Here's my hot take about surgery. <laughs> okay, it's a downer. No, you go. You start. You oh, start. that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's not that hot. Okay, you honest. start. Uh, okay, so we were talking about this with some of our pals the other day. Yeah, and when you're going into the OR or to the surgical area, you have to wear the hospital issued scrubs yep. and the surgical mask and eye protection. Yep, and you have to wear something to cover your hair. Yeah, and there are two options. One is a 
what is it called? Surgical ca- surgeon's cap. Surgeon's cap. Yeah, because you don't want the hair accidentally falling on any of the sterile area of surgery. Exactly. So that's why you're wearing the, the, these two options. First option, surgical cap. Second one is called a bouffant. Yep. Which is basically a hairnet. Yes. If you like go into a restaurant, people have hairnets on. Yes. And so I, <laughs> being the responsible student, always putting the patient first, always wear the bouffant. It covers all my hair, keeps it in there. I mean, there's no hair coming from my head into that into that person. No chance. And I got ripped. <laughs> I got ripped for wearing the bouffant. I want to know what your what your well, opinion is. For here. some reason, the male surgeons, or maybe the people who identify as male, mm-hmm. wear the surgeon caps. Is that what it is? The female surgeons, or the people who identify as females, wear the bouffants. Oh. Um, and the only reason I know this is because uh, day one of my OBGYN, first surgery I've ever seen, uh-huh. the, the, the OBGYN physician is showing me what to do to get into the OR. And okay. so she puts a bouffant on. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're a guy, though, so you wear the surgeon's cap. Really? And I go, why? She's like, that's just how it's done. She's like, you don't want to look like a fool wearing a bouffant. So I've been looking like a fool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Two weeks of neurosurgery. <laughs> you were wearing the bouffant the whole time? I wore the cap a couple times, but I prefer the bouffant. None of the other neurosurgeon, male neurosurgeons, were wearing the bouffants, right? Uh... I'll answer that for you. No. <laughs> no, but I have seen male surgeons wear, when I did my previous one, the head of the department always wore the bouffant. Yeah. Uh, he had like a special color too. It's not a thing. I mean, you probably already looked like a clown walking to the OR just okay. as a med student and you're wearing this bouffant on top of it. My hair. I Okay. Does it not catch more hair? Yes yeah, or no? My hair for, sticks out through the back of the cap. For sure does. Like, yeah. That cap is doing nothing. When you're wearing the cap, it's like a it's like a baseball hat, basically. There's just yeah. plenty of hair still being shown. I might as well just wear my twins hat over. <laughs> I agree. I would look way um, cooler. Yeah, from a from a completely um completely sanitary mm-hmm. uh point of view. Sterility. The, yeah, the sterile the, field. The the surgeon's camp is not cutting it. What's it? Everyone should be wearing a bouffant. Thank you. So I give you that. Yeah. So you know who you were. I mean, you're not listening to this right now. Maybe someday in the future. But one of our peers was giving you uh, sass on it. Yeah, they were like, oh, you got to look cool. It's all about looking cool. You don't remember this? <laughs> yeah, I do. For sure. It's yeah. not about looking cool. No, it's not. You like what I always say about you, Santana, mm-hmm. is that you always put the patient first. Yeah. Yep. That's. That's what's really cool. Yeah, that's why you're a gold humanist. Mm, well, <laughs> didn't get it. Womp womp. Wait. <laughs> okay, is that this is the the grab bag of surgery rotation. Yeah, that was a big one. It's been eating eating me up all week. <laughs> I got roasted for wearing a bouffant. Yeah, you got roasted, um, and it wasn't deserved. I will say that much. <laughs> Thank you. What's number two? Uh, pre rounding. Ever heard of it? <laughs> So before all, all the surgeons <laughs> that are scheduled for the day, you go see the kid, the people who have already done surgery in the mornings, yep. right? Yep. Yep. With the docs. Before that, you are supposed to round by yourself as a med student. Mm-hmm. That's what pre rounding is, right? Or yep. resident. Okay. Exactly. Go hit it. So yeah, you get there at five thirty a.m. Yep. And then you go, <laughs> you go, and uh, 
you go and you wake this person up who just had surgery the day before. Yeah. And 5 30 in the morning. And they're like, and why are you people here? <laughs> and then I'm like, it doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. And our plan is just to let them hang out for the day because they just had surgery. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Wait a sec. It's like, um, you know, when I'm going to the pediatric room on my peds rounds by myself, looking like a fool, mm-hmm. and the family says, And why are you people here? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You're right. You're waking up at 530 on pre-rounding for surgery, and they are just staying there. Yeah. And then they're like, and then you're like, oh, how's your back pain doing? They're like, this... <laughs> This has been so much during neurosurgery. A lot of the cases are for yeah, yep, keep back going. pain. Yep. Uh, I'm like, how's your back pain doing? And they're like, I don't know. I was sleeping. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you go and you talk. Oh, it's just, you go and you wake this person up in the middle of the night, basically. Yeah. yeah. Ask them if they peed. Yeah. Ask them how their back is. Yep. Have and you had then, a bowel movement? And then you come back like 30 minutes later with the whole team and do the whole thing over again. Yes. Yep. Uh, not necessary. You're saying I don't think so. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, I will. I'll bounce off this idea with another surgeon take. Hmm. I was talking to one of our peers, and she she was saying I kind of like surgery, but the surgeons were all miserable. They were all like overworked, uh, sleep deprived, sleep deprived, mm-hmm. um, just like at their wits' ends. And one of the reasons is because they're expected to pre round. Oh, yeah. Like, if you cut that out and if you just round with the doc, the attendee, yeah. that would let uh, the surgeon sleep in, like, and a, a much needed hour of sleep, right? The CDC recommends seven hours. None of the surgeons are getting because they're pre rounding at 5 30. Yeah. What time did your neurosurgery pre rounding start? Uh, 5 30. Yeah. So you would wake up at 4 30, 4 15? Yeah, approximately. If you're waking up then, that means the neurosurgeon residents are waking up 4.30, yeah. 4.45, basically, just yeah. to pre-round and say, how's your back? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So pre-round, anyways. Pre-rounding? Pre-rounding. I mean, show me the evidence that that is improving yeah. patient care, and exactly. I'll change my tune. Exactly. Where is the clinical data, the double-blind study? The what? <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you, dude. Yep. Okay. Y- yes, sir. All right. What do you got for me? Oh, for surgery? Something you something that's been weighing on your mind. That's that's that was the main one for me. That that uh, the surgeons are just overworked, and a lot of them are fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're going to see that in every residency, but for some reason, surgery is still holding on to like the work your ass off, don't get enough sleep, more so than the rest of the rotations. Um, that seems like a bummer, you know? Yeah. For sure. So that's that was my hot surgery take. And and the other thing is, we said it before many podcasts ago, mm-hmm. what medical student in their right mind is holding a, a camera where the, the doctor is like, don't move the camera and, unless I want you to move the camera, then I'm going to get really mad about it. And your whole job for a two-hour surgery is just to hold a camera. Yeah. Tripod. What, what surgeon? Be a tripod. Exactly. <laughs> what medical student is like, oh, this is... So exciting. I cannot wait to do this more when I'm a resident. I don't know. There are yeah. plenty of them. Yeah, there are plenty of them. We know tons of them. Not us. No. That was how this started, right? Goodbye to the OR. Goodbye. 
Farewell, sweet prince. <laughs> Fare thee well. Uh, yeah, I'm not going back ever. Yeah, okay, I think that's about it. I was going to say some <laughs> stuff about how surgeons are highly skilled. No, no. They do important work. But, I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, we don't need to state the obvious, yeah, dude. Come on. come on. Yep. All right, let's move on. Okay. I like that segment, though. Uh, uh, okay, so next is another installment of Rotation Review. Ro 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 rotation Review! Uh, this week... Do you have any sounders for it? Uh... <laughs> I'm sure you can fit something in there. Uh, A rotation review. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Wow. Uh, this. So you just. I finished neurosurgery this week. You finished pediatrics part B, which yes. I did a couple months ago. So now that we're both done with it, let's let's give it the review. Let's talk about. It. Let's go back. Pediatrics part A was our two week online uh learning basically you know zoom school because of covid mm-hmm. that was in the summer a long 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 time ago yep. for me yours was right before peds part b right yeah in february um so then you had then P, we went to peds part b you did it at the end of february yep. two weeks in person yeah. we're talking about the kids who get hospitalized for severe illnesses they are staying overnight at the hospital a couple nights and you are seeing them with the docs mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. finished my two weeks Yep. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, Peds, rotation review. Peds. So for me, I did two weeks. I started on nights. I feel like I already talked about this. Did I already talk about this? Uh, Maybe. Anyways, I did three nights in a row off the bat. Oh, yeah. It yep. was brutal. Up in the middle, up all night. Uh, mm-hmm. Waiting for waiting for sick kids to show up, basically. Yeah. Um, that was a bummer. Yeah. And you should describe it more. In the basement of this hospital is a workroom, windowless, windowless workroom where the residents and med students type up their notes. Even a floor below that are the beds where you can sleep if you need to try to get a couple hours when you're doing overnights. Oh, yeah. I never found those. Also windowless. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who needs windows when that, you're sleeping? That makes sense. <laughs> but I didn't think you could get more of a basement than the workroom and then one floor down are the beds. Yeah, I didn't even know if that's where they were. Oh, did you never sleep during no, I was overnights? Up. I was up all night. Me wow. and uh my uh co student. Yeah. We're trying to get trying to get those on. Oh yeah, you baby. gotta stay up all night. Don't yeah. even try to go to bed. All right, so that's how you started your peds. Mm-hmm. And then I had the rest of my time was during the day. So you get there at seven AM, the night team, they are there, they're zombified. They tell you about everything that happened overnight. Yep. Any new patients. And then it's the same as adult medicine. They're just children. Right. You go, you don't pre-round. No. Which is huge. Huge. So when you they say start at seven, you actually start at seven. Yes, yes. They've got to figure it out on that, at that place. Mm-hmm. You go and you chat with the families, chat with the kids, see how they're doing that yep. morning. And then uh, that takes like eight hours. <laughs> go to each kid. <laughs> and then you're done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's about it. I don't know. Am I missing anything huge? Here? Well, you're supposed to review. The, I'll 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 hop in here. Okay. Um, Yours is more fresh. Uh, yeah, I, my memories are. Fr- I worked yesterday for yeah, for Pete's last sake. day. Um, one thing that's interesting and unique about the Peds rotation and pediatric uh, inpatient medicine in general mm-hmm. is that you do family centered rounds. rounds. 
um, which is uh, which is where you know, in adult medicine, a lot of times you discuss the patient and their diagnoses and the plan mm-hmm. in like a workroom, right? Like yeah. you're away from the patient, you're going, you're trying to brainstorm what the best idea is. Not in pediatrics. The goal is to do the discussion. Um, what's going on, what the plan is in the room, in front of the parents, in front of the patient. Right. Um, and this is beneficial for two reasons. One, the parents feel like they're more part of the planning process. Mm-hmm. They can jump in. Two, they can ask questions as they it just better clarification. Uh, and then the three, practice for the med students to talk without using medical terminology. Right. right. If you're doing, if you're doing Say an what? assessment and plan... <laughs> Yeah, say what? Shout out. Um, <laughs> if you're doing the the rounds in the room, you can't be using fancy medical terminology because the parents are there and the kids there. Yeah. Um, so it's good practice just as a med student, right? You never want to be using medical terminology, but especially not for parents or a kiddo. Exactly. Um, so that's that is what's unique to pediatrics, mm-hmm. and um, and I love that. I that that would be part of my rotation review. I thought that's such a brilliant way to do rounds i mean it takes forever but it does take forever um i i found myself really enjoying it right like trying to explain to parents you don't you're not using hemoglobin you're not using uh creatinine you're not using all these fancy lab laboratory values right mm-hmm. you're explaining what these are right you and if you do use it you explain what it's for um it's helpful for my own teaching and it was just it was a good thing yeah um yeah so i liked that aspect yeah definitely definitely uh yeah I, yeah that was for sure the most striking aspect for it for me as well that was unique that was unique yep. yeah that just like that emphasis on so having such an emphasis on being like a team with the patient with the parents and making sure that you're, everybody understands what's going to happen yep everybody understands what the plan is um and everybody seems like they're included. The other thing that I thought that was really unique about my pediat- pediatrics rotation that really stood out was the emphasis on uh, on social determinants of health. I felt like for every patient, um, there was some discussion about kind of the social factors that went into this this kid's um, health situation or or their plan for discharge. Whether it be like like a lot of times when a patient came in. Even if it was unlikely, the residents would make a point to always consider non-accidental trauma for this for what was causing this kid's problems, which meaning is, yeah. that they were being uh, abused by a caretaker, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously something that's really sad. But they made such a point to to at least consider it and s- at least think about doing some investigation towards that end because yeah. you can't. You don't ever want to have a kid come in and be sick, and then it turns out that that was caused that that sickness or injury was caused intentionally by somebody who's supposed to be taking care of them. Right. Um, and even beyond that, like sending kids home and like trying to make sure that their family had the resources to take care take care of them if they had to like uh, have a continued like recovery course at home or something. Making sure that the parents were well aware of like uh, you know don't smoke in the house make sure like all this kind of basic stuff yep quote unquote um but just like making sure that the social situation and the environmental situation for this kid is set up in an ideal way for them to 
uh, get healthy and remain healthy. Yeah. Um, which is often kind of just skipped over in adult medicine, even though those same factors, social factors, play such a role in the health of adults, too. Right. Uh, for, you're for sure right. That, well, there was more discussion on that in the past two weeks than I've had in most of my rotations. Um, I wonder if that's because uh, like a, a dependent is involved, right? If you're in a, mm-hmm. if you're if I'm taking care of adult, adults already made their decisions, right? They kind of already are doing their thing, right? But um, if a parent is making decisions that are not ideal, it's affecting a different person. Yeah. So maybe that's why there's more uh, more emphasis on how can we get the parents in a better spot to take care of this dependent. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm know. sure I'm just, that's a part of it. I'm just it. spitballing, dude. What do you think? <laughs> I believe it, um, but I do really like it, uh, or did really like that aspect. Yeah, yep. Um, because I think we've talked about this on the pod before. Talk about it in med school all the time. That like, what medicine the uh, the effect that medicine has on somebody's health is like such a small fraction of what goes into somebody's overall health. It's like fifteen yes. percent or something, and the remainder of it is. Social factors, environmental factors, yep. economic factors, yada, 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 yada. Stuff that's that's out of the... The bread and butter medical stuff. Exactly. But should still be something that right. is considered for medical Let's give an, an example, right? Diabetes, some of that is just the medical stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, you're having too much sugar or... I don't know what else, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe there's a genetic component, right? That's like a medical thing, sure. right? You have a genetic component. You're more predisposed to, to diabetes. Mm-hmm. But so much more of it is the social determinants of health, right. whether you're in a food desert where you mm-hmm. can't access healthy foods, yep. whether you are low income and you're forced to access unhealthy foods, yeah. um, like populations that are more prone to to you know, eating out or that kind of thing. I'm, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. But sure. what I'm saying is diabetes is a great example of where the majority of it is social determinants of health and not the actual like, oh, you're genetically predisposed or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm. yeah, I like that too. I will also say, I'll talk for both of us, why PGX was awesome. We both had the same preceptor. Yep. The same attendee, the doctor, right? The, the adult doctor who's already gone through it all, who's uh-huh. a pro. Um, we both were able to work with somebody who was oh, the best. Yeah. So great. You, d- you explained it to me well. I was like, why did you like her so much? One of the reasons she would always, you know, like you get pimped in med school, you have a doctor, like what's the Krebs cycle? And then it like, right when you, <laughs> right when you screw up, they're going to jump in and, and like reprimand you. Right. Not this preceptor that we worked with. She would, uh, quiz you but in a kind way mm-hmm. and if you were struggling she'd give you hints try to get you there and if you just didn't know it she would just tell you right it wasn't like a quiz but that was a way to always involve the med student in the learning process yep. which is so appreciated and she did that consistently throughout every day i was working with her yeah it was like with every patient every patient. afterwards she would stop and be like oh what's a good question for this exactly um why else did we like her i mean like you know we've said before rotations part of the rotation review is just the chance of what doctor you're working with yeah. makes such a difference. And yep. this doctor was so awesome. That's why, I mean, we're both going to rate it high. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not. I shouldn't jump the gun. Yeah, come on, no spoilers. This, this doctor um, gave us feedback afterwards. Yeah. Took us into like a one-on-one room, like a conference room, or took us aside mm-hmm. to give us one-on-one feedback, which is also rare. 
She did introductions the first day when we when the whole team gets together. She's like, "All right, so who is everybody? Where are we from? What are you trying to go into? Yep. What are your hobbies?" That's just like it takes it takes literally five minutes, and it just starts the week off well. Like we're a team. We're trying to get to know each other. We're not just like entities. Right. You're not medical student A B resident A B. Right. Oh, you're Paul. You're Kevin. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that made a difference. And she was always just like, "What her her breadth of knowledge." yeah can't beat it and so kind and so uh like i don't know friendly joking around yeah lots of jokes which is nice keeps yeah. keeps things good just i don't know set she said she set a great tone uh for the team yeah environment she um she was roasting me every day because she knew <laughs> <laughs> she knew we were roommates and I guess that gave me her permission to roast me every day. Yep, that's how it works. Here's the roast update from yesterday. Okay. Uh, we're starting to meet as a team, go to patient to patient. And she's like, oh, we just got an admit from the emergency department. Kevin, do you want to take this one? And I was like, I, I don't know. All the med students got a half day yesterday. And so I was told I could take a half day today. She's like, oh, must be nice being a med student. Pretty easy life just leaving after a half day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, doctor, I was like, don't, I'm just trying to get out. You were like, calm down, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's roasting me. <laughs> and then turns out one of the residents I work with called in sick the rest of the day. So oh. the half day dissipated mm. very quickly. Womp but womp. I, I mean, I, my, one of my, I like when people roast each other. So that was also a nice thing that she, <laughs> she was roasting, right? Um, so, uh, anyways, what's your rotation? Oh, the I, other thing that oh, I really liked yeah, was yeah. all the cute babies. Oh my god! Just a ton of you're just all your patients are adorable. Yeah, or they're like kind of angsty teens, which are also kind of fun to hang out with. Agreed. Agreed. So, and some of the babies are just so adorable, right? I know. They're like a little chubby. They smile. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. It puts a <laughs> smile on your face. Absolutely. Yep. Especially when, you know, obviously not when they're super sick, but towards the end of their stay, they're getting a lot better. They're yeah. just yep. ch- chilling, playing, rolling around on the floor. And the, and the providers have it lucky, right? Because they're not the nurses or the mm-hmm. medical assistants who have to go in there and needle poke these kids. Yeah. Or like pin them down so they can take vital signs, measure their heart rate, measure their temperature. Yeah. Um, a lot of these kiddos become afraid of the nurses and the medical assistants just because of like the uh, connotation of the needles or the vital signs. Yeah, sure. We we don't luck we luckily we don't have to do that. We just do the physical exam, which is, you know, <laughs> that's a different hot take for a different day. Come on. But we're not like <laughs> we're not we're not needle poking these no. kids. We're not doing that. So you can walk in as the med student. And they like put a smile on your face yeah. and vice versa. That is a good, also a good reason about the peds. And for that reason, <gasps> I'm going to give pediatrics part B a nine out of 10 stethoscopes. What? <laughs> Would have got a 10, but I had to be there overnight, three nights in a row. Didn't sleep at all. <laughs> That's a good point, right? The, the overnights are a tough thing. Yeah. Nine out of ten Seth scopes for real? Yeah. Let's get this mother crawl. <laughs> um I would I uh I would give it a six out of ten. What? Six out of ten Seth scopes. Nice! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
Deception. Only a six? No, I'm not lying, dude. I'm being honest. Six out of ten stethoscopes. Tell me why you're giving us a D. Um, I did like the attendee. I liked a lot of the kiddos, right? But I don't want to go into pediatrics. Oh, yeah, me neither. And um, every age is unique on different vital signs, different diagnoses, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So the the whole time in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to forget all this uh, within a month, like all this stuff. I'm never going to use it again. I'm never going to deal with peds, pediatric children again. Mm-hmm. They're never going to be my po- patient population. So like, why is this a core rotation? Why is everyone forced to go into peds or do, forced to do peds for a month or two weeks? Um, but that's that's like not about the rotation itself. But right. that is like the system. Yeah. But for that reason alone, I'd say six out of ten stethoscopes. Fair enough. Six out of ten stethoscopes. It's a hard word. Um, so there you go. Okay. That's the row row rotation review. I feel like I overrated it. <laughs> Maybe I should drop down a couple scopes. It's too late. It's been scoped. Yeah. It has. Somebody update the Wikipedia page. Yeah, update the Wikipedia page. So that's a low one. Yeah, for me, for sure. For sure. Uh, is it time? I think it's time. Time for our guest segment. Time for the guest segment. Now, I think you might remember three weeks ago, Santana, we had Elena Cabanuck on. Yes. How could I forget? Uh, great guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I checked in with her earlier. The I hope her burns. The recovered. burns have recovered. Okay. Yep. She's back to full health. Thank God. She did um, say some silly hot takes though about space, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know. We um, got, a lot, we got a, those takes got a lot of traction with the <laughs> becoming a doctor fans. Yeah, for sure. She never wanted to go to space. So one of our peers reached out to us and said, "I want to get on this podcast immediately to respond for a rebuttal." Uh, and he's also one of the st- student uh, leaders, right? A student representative. Okay. So let's get him on the pod. His name's Anderson Carter. Let me call him up. Time to go mobile. <laughs> I'm, I'm As about, in mobile phone. <laughs> I'm about to call him up. That's so Time funny. to go mobile. <laughs> That's just um, too good, dude. It's too good. <laughs> uh, let's get him on. Kevin Gale. Anderson Carter. That's who it is. Uh, it's not just Kevin Gale. It's also the, the host of the podcast, Santana Sanchez. Hello. Santana Sanchez. Hello. Welcome to the pod. It's great to be here. Now, here's the question, Anderson. Have you have you even met Santana ever? Because you're from the I've, Duluth campus. He's from the Twin Cities campus. I have never met Santana. No. And you know, Kevin... I've never met you in person either. So really is that true for real. That's really that's true. Wow, <laughs> that's so odd. Only- we just have this weird online relationship. Where yeah, for sure. You've been inviting me down to these strange places and <laughs> mentioning that you have puppies and yeah, other weird stuff. That's like a that. lot of my online relationships for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so odd. Only like. It's the University of Minnesota is kind of unique that we have two campuses, one in the Twin Cities and one three and a half hours away in Duluth. Mm-hmm. And we have this mantra: yeah. two campuses, one school. Do we have that mantra? <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> um, but so we know ne- nobody knows each other from Duluth or Minneapolis, and then COVID hits, so we're never getting together. Yeah. So you don't yeah. have even opportunity to meet Santana and I. Let's have you over. You want to come over to the podcast headquarters? Yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely, I would. Do you sm- do you play any video games? Smash Brothers on Switch by chance? Do I play any video games? That's one of my most unredeeming qualities is that I play too many video games. <gasps> or redeeming qualities? Yeah, what are you talking What's about? What's your go-to video game? Number one, best video game you ever played. I love this. That's a great. My one. my number one video game I've played. Oh, that's a tough one. That the one that I play one. now is Dota Two. Dota um, Two. Historically, I I don't even think I could pick one. Well, I I can here. I'll go first, and Santana will go, and then you go. You're the biggest game out of the three of us, though, so we want a good one. Mine, I mean, hands down, easy peasy. uh, Zelda: Ocarina of Time. I've played it on the Nintendo 64 when it came out originally. I played it on the GameCube. I played it on the Switch. Um, so I've Sheesh. beaten that game three or four times over, and I love it every time. Is that the one with the moon? Yeah, no, that's that's uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Oh, duh. Also good, not as good. <laughs> all right, Santana, favorite video game you've ever played? Uh, best video game of all time Santana's is... Santana's going to play, say, over, Undercooked. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst game. It's Overcooked. Whatever. All right, what's your favorite? Best video game of all time, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. <sighs> yep. Okay. Yep, With the okay. jetpacks. Yep. And the power slide. Oh. Hard to beat. Mm, 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 mm. All right, Anderson. All right. I've come to my conclusion. Best video game I've ever experienced Call of Duty World at War. World. Their first World War II Call of Duty. Dang. Was that like the fourth in the franchise or so? Or. Um, I think so. I think it was after the. Yeah, they went like one, two, three. Four or five. Um, Something like that. Yeah. A lot of people say Call of Duty COD is at their top. Like, that's a very, uh, that's a non controversial take. A lot of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a great series. Um, Still going strong. Okay. Anderson, we don't even, we haven't even done the introduction. We we were talking about video games. We're launching. Give us, who's Anderson Carter? Yeah. We've never met. I have no idea. Anderson Carter. Explain yourself to Santana. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's reasonable. Um, Anderson Carter, 25-year-old guy, born and raised in Bemidji, Minnesota, you know, out in the woods. Yep. Um, went oh. to high school, went to college, uh, joined the military. Wait, where'd you go to um, undergrad? I went to undergrad here in Bemidji. Oh, University. Bemidji State University. Okay, Bemidji, Bemidji State. State. And then go Bears? I don't know what's Bemidji State. Beavers. Close go one. Beavers. Kind of like Bears. That's a great mascot. <laughs> Maybe you should change that one. <laughs> um, and, and then which um, which army, I mean, which section of the military did you join? So I'm in the Air Force National Guard. So it's the Army and the Air Force both have National Guard components. Oh. And so I joined the Air Force one. That is so, uh, I don't know many people in any of the military. Mm. Give me the, what's like, how did you join that? What interest did you, like parents or... I don't know. That's so that's so foreign to me. Um, basically, my dad was like, "Hey, you should do this. There's really good benefits." And I looked at the benefits. I said, "Yeah." And then I joined. He was <laughs> in the Navy for four years. These benefits um, are pretty good. Yeah, great four hundred one k. I mean, honestly, um, health insurance four hundred one k. They paid for my undergrad and part of medical school. That is pretty good. That's pretty um, sweet. That's a good deal. Anderson, so, we were just talking and, about this. The average debt for a med student coming out of med school, $200,000. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Oh. Um, not you, though. Why not? The, why aren't they paying for the whole med school? 
Um, I basically emptied the pot of money that was available to me. <laughs> I ran out. Dang. They need to make that pot a little bigger, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, you know, I actually, I emailed some senators for the state and said, hey, there's some stuff in the legislation that's preventing uh, the Guard from recruiting physicians. Oh. Um, and I uh, never got a response. Oh. <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> You got to try. All right. So you did yeah. the, uh, it was the Air Force Guard. Yes. Um, well, how, still doing, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you did it during, I mean, after undergrad. But you never, did you ever do it full time? I mean, it's, so I've been in it for, this is year eight. So I joined when I was 18. Oh, wow. okay. And so I've been doing it ever since. You're right. Through undergrad, through med school. Um, what was your what's your most interesting I don't know Air Force Guard story like you know being oh, deployed my most for interesting something. one yeah um, there's a I'd say top three being deployed to Washington D.C. this past January for the inauguration wow um, yeah it's going to that's Norway historic. yeah um, doing a troop exchange with Norway where they send us over there to do survival training and a bunch of cool stuff, really. Um, and then number three is doing medical training inside a room with live sarin gas. Oh, my God. What? Why? Why not? Because <laughs> it's um, dangerous? Do you want to hear the story behind that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why you're on the yeah. pod. We want the stories. So, so I was a medic... Before I commissioned, I was a medic, and I was my specialty was sea uh, burning events, which is chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear high yield explosives. So I did medic training, but on top of that, I did emergency emergency management training and stuff to respond to those types of weapons. And so one of the criteria or one of the trainings, we went down to a FEMA. Uh, compound in Alabama. What does FEMA stand for? uh, Federal Emergency Management Associate something. Okay. A is one of those words. (laughs) It's the people that respond to natural disasters. Okay. Okay. So we go down to this compound in Alabama. It's called the, oh, it's called like the Viper Compound or something. And it's one of two places in the world where they're allowed to um, well, known places in the world where they're allowed to hold um, sarin gas. The other is in Russia. And they do trainings down there. So you, you go into this big compound. It's got like double linings of fence. You have to go through all this security stuff and you get fitted for your your hazmat suit, and your gas mask. Um, and then you go into the back of the facility where there's a giant... Basically, it's a giant building with a giant vault door on the front. And you go in there. They have it set up to do, like, uh, medical training for people. And they close the door and they crack open their vial of sarin gas. And you run through medical scenarios. Uh, That sounds fascinating. Uh, It was. But but why is is sarin gas there? Couldn't you just, like... Give him the hazmat suit and like do a sim. It's a good question. Um, 
So, so yeah, that is a good question. One of the other components of it is to test the, the equipment. It basically, um, to make sure, because they have testing kits for this type of gas. Okay. So, which you have to go through like a whole series of steps and to make sure like it reacts appropriately, you'll see what a positive result is on oh, this equipment. Gotcha. Um, kind of the same reason they tear gas us in basic training. So you trust your equipment. I see. Okay, that is a that is a phenomenal. And and I don't remember the details of sarin gas, but it is lethal within like what ten minutes or something. Or oh yeah, oh yeah. Dang, it's an organophosphate. You are oh gosh, yeah, darn it. everybody's favorite. <laughs> I had a U World question on. Wasn't that one of the U World questions? I think so. In a movie a sarin gas. Well, they always. It's always the farmers. The farmers that come. Oh in yeah, yeah. Um, organophosphates. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's pretty. So that's super cool. So when was that? Undergrad, med school. What part of what part of your training? That was. I was an undergrad at that time. Dang. I think it was like twenty sixteen. One of the coolest things you had done in your life at that point, probably right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was I doing in undergrad? <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Uh, that's a good intro. And so you, uh, Air Force Guard, all still, still. Oh wait, are you still in jacked shape? Then, like, are you have to? Do you have to keep your training up? I mean, we we do. We have like physical fitness standards that we have to. Um. Like uphold. We Let's hear them. How many? How many pull-ups? Pull no pull-ups. No pull-ups for the Air Force. That's a Marines thing. Oh. Um, the air. So it depends on your gender and your age. Okay. Um. And then. And you are twenty-five, you, and you identify as male. So what does yes. that mean? You have to do. You have to do. Uh, I think for me, it's like thirty some push-ups. And thirty something sit ups, Come and then on. I have to run a mile and a half in under twelve minutes and forty five seconds. Uh, what pace is that then? Eight minute miles. It's kind of fast. something like that. Okay, kind so of. you're not too jacked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah, one could say that. In decent shape. <laughs> you don't have to be in super great shape to be in the Air Force. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so that's the intro. Went applied to med school. Did you apply anywhere or just just uh, University of Minnesota Duluth? Um, I applied to three places: North Dakota, the Twin Cities, and Duluth. Wow! And I got one interview and one acceptance, and that's all I needed. That's all you need, baby. That's really Duluth was my top choice. So oh, that's awesome! It worked out. It worked out really well. Awesome! That is awesome. Uh, okay, great intro. What's next? What's the next question, Santana? Uh, uh, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing these days for med school? Yes, starting a new rotation med on school. Monday. Or what uh, well, rotation actually, did you so, just finish? Sorry, I am an RPAP student, oh. like Kevin, and I'm up here in Bemidji, my hometown. That's pretty um, sick. And I'm currently in surgery. Oh, how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> exactly as you just expressed. Ooh. Oh boy! Um, My condolences. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did not end up liking surgery as much as I expected to. Mm. Why is that? Um, 
I do a whole lot of standing around <laughs> waiting for the next cases. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot of the culture too. I'm not a huge fan of the culture. So yeah. And I think that's just my site specific, but um no, I think the culture of surgery is mostly terrible, <laughs> Rob. I think that's <laughs> I think it's pretty general. Uh, yeah. And so you how many more weeks of surgery do you have? I have two more weeks. Oof. So I think yeah, everyone else is starting their new rotation on Monday. Yeah. How much and camera I'm, holding do you have going on nowadays? Um a fair amount. <laughs> I mean, I do it is nice that I'm up here and I get to be first assist on at least some of the cases, um, which is nice. Yeah, I told Santana that because I'm in Waconia. There's no yeah. residents. Mm-hmm. It's just the doc. I'm first assist. And so we are more involved than in everything. But even first assist, you're just like holding surgery tools or holding a camera. And, you know, I mean, it's still like yeah. there's a lot of holding. Yeah. yeah. A lot of holding, a lot of standing. <laughs> a lot of waiting. Yeah. Uh, here's a question: um, When you scrub into a case, do you what do you reach for? Are you reaching for the surgeon's cap, or are you reaching for the bouffant? Oh, I do a surgeon's cap. Oh, yeah. that's not very sanitary, is it? Yeah, aren't you trying to keep the field sterile? <laughs> Doesn't cover all your hair, right? The surgeon's cap, not like a bouffant. I guess it depends. I don't know how much hair you have. So. I think it it covers all my hair. It's just fine. Okay, all right. We were just. Uh, earlier in the pod, we were just talking about how much we loved surgery <laughs> and we're going to miss it because neither of us are going to be surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> and Santana was like the only male res- sur- med student who ever wears a bouffant. He, no one told him to, to do the surgeon's cap. So he's been... There's an unwritten rule. <laughs> yeah, was, Apparently. I don't know why, but... <laughs> I, w- I did wear it a couple times and my hair was just sticking out. <laughs> Was like, Do you have a lot of hair, Santana? Not Describe re- to me in detail your hair. Uh, I usually go for like a four on the sides. <laughs> okay, scissor yeah. cut on top. Yeah, but it's been a it's yep. been a while, so it's a little shaggy, but not that long. But still, you know, I mean, the surgeon's yeah. uh, whatever, whatever. I'm over it. <laughs> I got roasted. We're over. All three of us are over it. O O yeah. R in general. I'm glad. And also, one thing to mention, you're up in Bemidji with another Duluth student of yours, right? Most of these RPAP sites, you're by yourself in rural Minnesota. You have a friend up there. I do. Abby Linseth. So nice. Is that keep your sanity? Like you can somebody to talk to, vent to, be positive, whatever, right? Shared experiences. Absolutely. It's been, and me and Abby graduated from high school here together. No way. We go way back. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. High school lovers or just friends? <laughs> just friends. She's actually, I, t- I like to tell people that she was my bully. Um, she bullied you? No, she didn't. But oh. I was a little, gosh, how do I say it appropriately? I was pretty obnoxious in high school, and she always liked to keep me level-headed as wow. best she could. So. Anderson stirring up trouble in high school. Mm, I know. Sounds about right from what I know about you. No doubt about it. Yeah, I'd say. Um, and what's after surgery? Two more weeks. Um, sir. Well, four weeks of, well, actually I'm going to Montana for to hunt after surgery, get my second week off finally. And then I have four more weeks of family medicine. Yep. Not bad. Round out the RPAP. Yeah. 
Um, well, we all know why you're here. <laughs> yeah, we know why I'm here. You know why I'm here. I know why I'm here. Elena knows why I'm here. Yep. The listeners, they probably fast forwarded through the whole pod just to get to this bit. <laughs> we've been, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been hinting at this rebuttal for many weeks. Mm-hmm. So Elena yeah. came on here a month ago and said, "What?" She said, "Space <laughs> is stupid." Yeah, that's what she said. I, I remember it. Yeah, and space sucks. And she's also like, Anderson is stupid for like. <laughs> she space. also said that. I distinctly remember her slandering my name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we had to have you on to kind of defend your honor, really. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And give us a rebuttal. Okay, so let me paint you a little picture of me <laughs> on a Thursday evening getting a message from Elena. Hey, I was on Kevin and Santana's podcast. I said, oh, I'll go check it out. And, <laughs> you know, I get to Elena's part and she goes, you know, I was thinking of Anderson for my hot takes. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so nice. <laughs> so sweet. And then she goes to, proceeds to say, you know, going to space is stupid. <laughs> and I was flabbergasted. I got up out of my chair, started karate chopping the air. Um, and then for the next 15 minutes, uh, listen to her her hot take on space travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, so my obvious, so Kevin probably knows this, but I'm a huge space nerd. I love everything about it. Um, I would, I want to go to space. Absolutely. I would love to go to space. Obviously, going to space is not for everybody. You know, if you like your feet on the ground. Yeah, not for losers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you like gravity, I guess you should stay on Earth. But um, space, I think, so, man, you're going to get a tangent out of me if you just let me go. Let's but, go. That's what we want. Um, yep. So in 2015, um, Elon Musk and SpaceX landed their Falcon 9 rocket. Back on um, Earth. Which, which is a big, it's a huge deal. It's probably one of the biggest um, accomplishments in spaceflight since moon landing. Wait, um, they, landed, they landed on the moon in 2015? No, they landed no, it on they, Earth. They landed one of their rocket boosters. Ah, First time it had ever happened. Got it. Am I yep. correct in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Usually they're disposed yeah. of. Right. Usually they blow up or yeah. in the ocean or whatever, right? Yeah. Traditionally, you launch the rocket and the boosters land oh. in the ocean and they get scrapped. But now it's like imagine flying an airplane and you only get one use out right. of the airplane right. before you have to scrap it. And now the fact that you can land rockets and now reuse them completely revolution Like it brings back space travel. Because back in the day, um, we got a little derailed with the space shuttle, which was a kind of a hybrid between a rocket and a standing space station, where you launch your entire facility into space and you have to keep it up there, versus a rocket and the International Space Station, which is just payload delivery to your standing facility that's in space. Um, and so SpaceX basically brought back the U.S. space program. We finally, in 2020, we finally launched 
U.S. astronauts from uh, Cape Granaville in Florida since 2011, which is a big deal because we always had to send them to Russia um, and have the Russians launch them mm-hmm. to the space station. Um, so, yeah, it's it's like picking up. Space exploration is getting some momentum. It's on the rise. They have a huge NASA like loves everything that they're doing. If you watch like um, some of the launches that they do, and the director speaks about how much they love what SpaceX is doing and all the accomplishments that they've been able to do, because NASA got really derailed after the the space shuttles because they it was a kind it was a difficult way to do things, um, and most recently. Uh, SpaceX was awarded the contract for um, the moon lander, the new one. They have the Artemis program, which is planning to take us back to the moon. And they just got that contract to uh, use Starship to land on the moon. But why is space... Is, why does space not suck? Why does space no, not first suck? First off, Anderson, you are very eloquent talking about the space program. Um, Thank you. Nice job. I'm I'm fascinated. I didn't, I didn't know any of that stuff. You didn't know yeah. about SpaceX, dog. Um, Where have you been? I know. I, yeah. Okay. So yeah. But 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 why is space not scary and not suck? You know, space space is scary, and in some ways, it does suck a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> you're not doing yourself any favors. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but if you think about the natural progression of humanity mm. and people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only place, like, we've reached most places on Earth. Not, like, in to some extent of settling there, but um, but we've been to most right. places we've on Earth. We've been to the oceans. We've been to Bemidji. Horribly. <laughs> 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 been there, done that. Um, That's old news. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the natural progression of human exploration because we've always been explorers there's never going to be a point where we stop exploring is going to be the moon which we've been to mm-hmm. and and then eventually mars um and it's kind of it's just this very future looking goal and mission that i find very um exciting and i'm passionate about it and i'd love to be a part of it i um, love i got two more questions for you how go ahead. how can you want to go to space and i love it how do you envision that happening like uh or is there just so much unknown in the next 40 years you know so yeah that's a good question i so i get to space you know i finish med school i go to emergency medicine residency um and then i do an aerospace medicine residency so those are the physicians that take care of the astronauts um, while they're in space and while they're on the ground, make sure they're fit to fly and are healthy enough. And a lot of physicians that do that um, become astronauts themselves. Oh, so cool. There's, so you got a plan in place. Absolutely. Space There's medicine. There's actually a, a resident from the Hennepin County Medical Center that was just on the last um, SpaceX crew that went to the International Space Station. So cool. No way. Why the hell is yeah. he in Minnesota and not California? I mean, he, so he did residency or... in Minnesota, but he lives down in Florida. Oh, oh okay. So cool. Yeah. So you're going to follow in what? his footsteps. 
basically basically there's a roadmap a clear path anderson if you do if this this all comes to fruition which i bet it will you're going to be the coolest med student from U of M, yeah. like by far, <laughs> not even <Yeah>. close. <sighs> Can't uh, wait. But is yeah, it is it I'm, true that when you go to space, your bones demineralize? <laughs> yeah, Elena was talking a lot of gibberish on the pod. Yeah, is that so fake news. She no, she did mention you. There's some vision problems, and I had a friend just send me something from the Journal of Ophthalmology about um, retinal and optic edema that occurs after long space flights. Eey. It's not super like, like oh, you go blind when you're in space, but I mean, it's a finding. They don't know the clinical significance of it yet, but it is an interesting thing Ooh, that they. Elena was ahead have. of the game. Mm. My other question for you was, uh, do you want to slander Elena a little bit? <laughs> you know, I didn't come on the podcast thinking I'm going to destroy Elena's name. Um, but if that's on the agenda, I guess. You know. You got some food for thought if that's on the agenda. <laughs> well, I've always said that uh, Elena, Nuan, Laura, I mean, terrible student representatives. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I've always said. The one person I can count on is Anderson Carter. Absolutely. That's been the pattern of student council since I joined. Yeah, agreed. Um, actually, in talking with Elena about her interview uh, when she did it, she did. Well, Kevin said that you're the worst representative, and I'm the best representative. And I told her, Elena, that's not rude because it's true. <laughs> it's just a fact. It's a fact. Yeah. Just a fact. All right. What's the final parting thoughts on space? Final parting thoughts on space. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's an exciting thing. I think there's a lot, you know, if, if, anyone has any sort of interest in it, I would say watch what SpaceX is doing with the Starship. They should be launching SN15 this week. Um, and all of them have blown up so far. Um, they're really, they're, they're trying to get them to land. Um, they kind of had a landing with the last one, but or the one before last. Yeah, SN13. It also blew up. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, see what happens with that and where that takes us. I do have one fun fact. Oh, that yeah. happened. Or fun space news. Yep. So China recently launched a another satellite into space using their giant rocket system, their heavy rocket system. And one of the boosters, they accidentally launched one of the boosters into space. It's a it's like a 12 it's basically a 12 a 10 story building that weighs 12 tons um and it's the largest object um that is ever in human history to be expected to enter our atmosphere oh wow uh, <gasps> since like human civilization um so in the next two weeks it should be hitting somewhere uh on earth they don't really know where what but, uh, a 10-story you know. building yeah is it gonna uh possibly damage infrastructure or maybe injure people i mean if it were to hit somewhere a populated area but uh Cross your we'll, fingers. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh keep your eye on the sky. One eye. On the sky. <laughs> next, at next all time, times. Next time you're running outside on a 5K. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! Well, that's ominous news. Yeah. Yep. 
Send me a text if it's going to hit Minneapolis. Okay? Give me a <laughs> yeah, heads up. I'll, I'll keep everyone updated. <laughs> that is a fun fact. God, I can't wait to look that up. Honestly, <laughs> SpaceX and the 10-story building, and that's going to crash into Earth. Yeah. <sighs> Good stuff, Anderson. Great yeah. hot takes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thankful for the opportunity <laughs> to be on and to defend my name and yeah, space. Of course. You know us. Fair and balanced over here. For yeah. sure. Batter. Great job. Yeah. Turns out space is awesome, and you're going to go at some point and be laughing at all of us. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> laughing yourself to the moon is what I'd say. To the moon. Exactly. Uh, all right. Thank you for her uh, coming on. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Catch you later. See you later. Bye. Boom. He didn't go after Elena. No. You know? The mature man. When they go low, we go high. <laughs> right? That's what that's what Anderson always says. Yes. Yes. I thought it was Michelle Obama, but... Mm. But no. Hillary Clinton? Was that Hillary Clinton? No, it was Anderson. <laughs> Anderson Carter. Look it up. Dang. I thought we were going to roast Elena for 10 minutes. I was looking forward <laughs> to that part of the pod. <laughs> Uh, well, it is our pod. Go ahead. I'm not going to participate. Yeah. Yep. A good friend of yours. No <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, isn't that cool, though? You know, you and I are like, I don't know, internal medicine, family medicine, yeah. you know, psychiatry. He's got it planned out. To, yeah. He knows exactly boom, what he wants boom, to do. Boom. Emergency medicine. Space, space medicine. Space medicine. Then go work with, For you know, NASA. be a physician and then hopefully get to space. Yeah. That'd be so sick if we knew somebody who went to space. That would be sick. Yeah, we start let's start having them over. Yeah. Maybe you can be like, I got two buddies. Got extra tickets. <laughs> <laughs> we play our cards right. Yeah. Maybe we can meet Elon Musk. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Uh all right. Guest over. Okay. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Anderson. thanks, Anderson. All right. You know what time it is. What time is it? You know what that was? A little bubbly. That was the best sound in the world. I am also thirsty. I spilled a lot of it on myself. <laughs> How many calories does bubbly have, Santana? Zero. Not a single one, because it's water. <laughs> wow. Yep. Bubbly. I had a se- severe headache today, I told you. what I grab? What did you reach for first? A bubbly. A bubbly. Of course. Feeling much better. Clear guess. Turns out I was just dehydrated. It happens. Um, not anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on here. Oh. Yeah, what's the next thing? Actually, so shout out bubbly. Yeah, you know the bubbly. drill. Dope. One more shout out. Shout out Chuck Levins. Washington Music Center. Look him up. Check out, check him out. Hit up our boy Adam. Yep. You walk into his music center, you look around, and you're like, Let's get this mother crawl! <laughs> <laughs> He's got everything there. Uh, yeah, check him out. <laughs> yep. Yep. You walk in, you're about to buy some stuff, and you say, Here we go! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Chuck Levins. So, next up is everybody's favorite segment. Kevin's Corner. Kevin's Corner. I put a little thought into this one. I'm going to circle always do. Circle back. Uh, part of pediatrics rotation, right? I might have talked about this last week, but I'm going to talk about it more. Um, a lot of it was mental health. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of kiddos coming in. Eating disorders, yep. right? Anorexia, bulimia. Yep. Um, suicidal thoughts. Yep. Major behaviors depressive. of self harm, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, cutting themselves, hurting themselves. Suicidal um, attempts. Mm-hmm. Suicidal thoughts. Sure. Um, and it's 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 really hard to to see that. It it really pulls at your heart, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we had a six-year-old who was struggling with some of this stuff. And you're six years old, right? And she was from the burbs, not like low income, mm-hmm. not the classic hardships you think of. Right. But mental health can affect anyone, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the whole time, uh, you experienced this too, right? A lot of patients with psychiatric yeah. uh, diagnoses. And the whole time, the, the doctors we're working with are saying... Boy, we are just the nurse, the, the nurses and the staff in the ED are just overrun and overworked because there's been so much psychiatry in the past year since COVID, basically. Oh, um, like COVID's really wrecked a lot of mental health for a lot of people. Yeah, but a lot of a, a lot of pediatric cases hmm. overworked. Like we've never seen this before. Like such high burden of these like eating disorders or mental health. And so I did a little research, and it's sad, and it's tragic, but I just want to talk about it. Sure. Um, Let's hear it. And even before that, if I could, I, I think I told you this, but if I could do it all over, I'd do child psych in a heartbeat. Um, nothing like kind of calls out to me more than that in mm. all the rotations. Mm. Um, it's just, I don't know, nothing pulls at my heartstrings more than child psychiatry, right? It seems like it could be so preventable, preventable. Yeah, and it also seems like it's just like a product of where society is now, right? Sure. Um, okay, so here is some of the stuff I looked up. Right, uh, emergency room or inpatient visits for suicidal thoughts or self harm among six to twelve year olds. Once again, emergency room visits, suicidal thoughts or self harm, six to twelve. Got it. In two thousand sixteen, there were basically 2500 visits uh, in the United States. Okay. Um and that's from the Children's Hospital Association. Okay. So that's yeah, it's 2500 2, kids, right? From 6 to 12. Yeah, 2, we're talking super young. Elementary age yeah. kids with suicidal thoughts or, or self-harm. It's really sad. Severe like depression. Fast forward to 2019, it went from 2500 to 5500. More than doubled in twenty, yeah, in twenty nineteen. They don't have the twenty twenty numbers up, but it's going to be a new record in twenty twenty, hmm. the year of the pandemic, basically. Right. Um, and I don't know how other med students go through med school and aren't just like astonished by these numbers and don't feel called to help these kiddos. Hmm. You know, um, that's just one of the things. And so then I was like thinking, why? You know, everyone's like, oh, it's just the pandemic. You know, that's like the go-to thing, right? Oh, it's the pandemic. It's right. mental health. Right. Um, there's been like tons of literature and articles published. A lot of the stuff, you know, the first thing you think of is um, in the past like five years, including the when you're Zoom school, more time on the phone, more time on the computer, increased use of social media starting at young age, mm. right? And you're looking at Instagram. So you're comparing yourself to unrealistic body images. Right. You are 
um, looking at social media like Facebook and seeing only the best and, and, and happiest moments in other people's lives and you compare your own life to it. Yep. You're getting your first cell phone in like elementary school, um, which is so... When, when is your first cell phone? Uh, I think it was when I was in eighth grade. Here's a better idea. Grade. When was your first smartphone? I think when I started high school. Okay. Because I was like going to a different school. Yeah. I had to like... Uh, my parents wanted to keep track of me. <laughs> I mean, they high me school is even run, young, right? Running amok. F- 14, 15, having a, a smartphone where you can check internet, check whatever. I was checking I mean, the internet. Instant gra- Instagram didn't exist back then. I but. was playing Doodle Jump, <laughs> Treasure what's a, Treasure Run. What's that what called? No idea what you're talking about, dude. Uh, Angry Birds. <laughs> yeah, that can't be good for mental health. Hours of Angry Birds. <laughs> My first was in in uh, college. My first smartphone. Sure, um, but but uh, you know, kids are getting elementary in elementary school. You're, they're getting cell phones. Mm-hmm. So then they have are staying up late at you know, unmonitored media, social media usage, internet usage. Um, so that's like one of the prevailing theories of why mental health is just taking a toll. I see. Um, and then during COVID, all that stuff is ramped up because if you're you're, I mean, everybody Everybody is isolated, right? Everyone's isolated. Everyone's spending more time on, on the internet and exactly. social media. On and so Zoom. that's like a, just a double whammy because you're getting more of this potentially negative uh, social right. media and you're also isolated from your peers. You're not getting any normal human interaction right. or you're getting much, much less than you would. All the after-school activities where there is no social media, sports, mm-hmm. choirs, those are all canceled. You're just at home checking your social media. Um, and then I was reading a lot about how, um, you know, systemic racism and inequities of health worsened during COVID. Sure. And so mental health clinics worsened uh, in, uh, you know, places where, where there's lack of insurance or lack of availability. Um, and so mental health rise in persons of color or, or pers- minority populations. Mm. It's even more so in pediatrics. Um, and that's like... Just another example of why COVID sucks, but uh, you think about these kiddos that we were taking care of in St. Paul. Probably, I would say probably the majority of them were were white persons. Mm-hmm. Um, in different hospitals or different areas of population, it's even worse, right? It's even the the problem's even worse. Yeah. Um, and what else was I? This is listen to this. All right, so uh, one study last year found that a let. Uh, they, they were they studied eleven thousand nine year olds and ten year olds. Okay, right. Last okay. last study was six to twelve, right? Mm-hmm. Fifty five hundred suicidal or self harm in the emergency room. This is eleven thousand kids nine to ten years old. It was studied from last year, and it found that one point three percent had tried to kill themselves, oh which is God. a lot, right? One yeah. in a hundred. Yeah. Ten per nine point one percent reported engaging in self harm. Oh my God. Nine point one, right? Mm-hmm. Nine out of a hundred. So it's, uh, I mean, it's it's a crisis, right? It's a crisis. Mm-hmm. And that was like my biggest takeaway from pediatrics rotation mm. at how much of a crisis it was. You're seeing these young kiddos who have such um, uh, disabling uh, body image, right? Self-body images. Yeah. Or disabling... Um, uh, thoughts of self-harm or self-harm. Yeah. 
And because of, and this is one other thing I wanted to talk about in Kevin's Corner. I mean, it's it's just sad. Sad Kevin's Corner. Just want I don't know. I want to talk about it. Sure. These kids, because of there's such a such a high demand for inpatient psychiatric placement, because mm-hmm. these kids come to the emergency room after like trying to kill themselves. The only safe place they can go is to a hospital, psychiatric hospital, where they can stay and work with psychiatrists, get a safe plan in place. Right. And there's such a demand and low supply that these kids are staying in the emergency room. Like we're talking about a room, a 10 by 10 room in the emergency department yeah. for days on end because there's just nowhere to put them. There's no psych- inpatient psychiatric place where they can go. Can you imagine being in a 10 by 10 room and you're monitored 24 seven because you can't keep yourself safe, right? Yeah. And you're in this room. Yeah, it sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. Um, and my first day, I was doing an admission for a, a six-year-old, mm-hmm. and she was in there till for eight days in this ten by ten room. Oh my god! And I stopped following her because um, a lot of these patients don't need medical doctors to follow them. Yeah, they just need placement, right, right for a psychiatry hospital. Yeah. But I, my heart was just like so broken. I would just go in there and say, "Hey, well, you know, how, how's your hotel? Like, I'd call it her hotel room. How's your mm-hmm. hotel room today? What kind of food did you get? What kind of movies? You know, and just trying to just I don't know have any more interaction for people because she doesn't see she's not seeing anyone. She's not going anywhere. She's in this room, ten by ten room, no windows. Mm-hmm. You know, it was sad. That's super sad. Yeah, and like that's why I'm like I don't know. How, I don't know how any med students go through surgery and be, I want to go to the surgery. I don't know how people go through this and not say, I want to become an adult, a, a pediatric psychiatrist because there's such a crisis. There's such a need. Sure. And there's not that many uh, physicians going into it. There's a also a, a low supply of physicians going into pediatric psychiatry. Really? Yeah. Do you have to, do you do, how does that work? Do you do psychiatry first? Well, there's different ways to do it. There's right. the four-year psychiatry mm-hmm. and then residency right four years after med school you go into psychiatry residency and then you can do two years of a pediatric psychiatry so that's a six-year program there's also the fast track where it's combined pediatric Mm. psychiatry and adult psychiatry that's a five-year program oh boy but i'm freaking 36 years old right i don't have time for a six-year program i mean i do but also, and the other thing I was saying about how I'm never going to take care of Kato's, the, the one thing I don't know a thing about is pediatrics. Right. I just don't feel like I can, I'd be ready to go into a psychiatry residency for pediatrics. So I don't know, dude. But doesn't that, did, didn't you feel like that too? You, we worked at the same spot, mm-hmm. St. Paul Children's, high burden of psychiatric uh, admits and diagnoses. What was your take after all that stuff? Uh, Yeah. I had a very similar experience. Um, yeah, I think we would admit at least one kid a day who was having like a, a uh, like de- like severe depressive episode or um, a suicide attempt, and it 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 is yeah, it's so it was so hard, and basically. It would be like this person, this kid is super medically healthy. Go and like, just like talk to them, like you were saying, because we're not going to do anything for them medically wise. They're just waiting to get to the next place where they can actually get help with this, uh, with this mental health problem that their mental health crises that they're going through. Um, 
again, it's just heart. It was just heartbreaking. I never had any. I didn't have any kids over that. That that young. It was mainly teenagers. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just like these kids. Uh. Brains basically. Just, like I don't know, turned on them. Aren't aren't working well. Right. They're and I don't know. It, yeah, it's, and it, I didn't realize the numbers. I didn't realize that this was a surge. I never got that. Impression. Oh, fr- that sense from St. Paul Children's. Yeah, yeah. They said that a lot, like how mm. how overworked their emergency departments were, how they're not set up for that kind of thing, right? Their emergency departments. Not exactly. That's not what it's for. Um, it is. It is for that. It is if like you know somebody has suicidal ideation or if they're about to commit suicide, but they go to the emergency department. Yeah, but it's not for a kid to wait for a for week. eight days in right a ten by ten room. No, it's for somebody nope. comes in. And they get evaluated. Get, yeah, evaluated, stabilized, and then go somewhere where you can get help. Same day, next day. You right. go to, and as med students, uh, the only thing we can do is kind of talk to them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, be empathetic, mm-hmm. uh, make sure they're medically healthy, right? Yeah. Um, like, make sure there's not like some type of, uh, some type of hormone that's really that's really screwing up their brain and that's why they are having these suicide they make sure that they're on medication that's really screwing things up right but um that's the only thing we can do as med students mm-hmm. right my thing was like oh, man it would be so fulfilling to be a psychiatrist at these hospitals where the kids go to get a game plan in place yeah so that's kevin's corner dude that's it that's that's it the numbers the data and the sadness that's really sad yeah, yeah. Yep, um, but you know to round that out, you want to excuse me. I was burping because of my bubbly. You want to focus on the things that you can control, mm-hmm. and make peace with the things that you can't. Right. So it's sad. Um, and if we're both going to go into different specialties, well, let's focus on being like the best type of provider in those specialties. Right. And have the knowledge, not be ignorant about that. There's a crisis. Right. So that's yeah. That's it. Kevin's Corner. Should we press the yay button for Kevin's Corner? I don't think so. We'll save it for this one. <laughs> what should we do to signify the end of Kevin's Corner? Is there a sounder at all? I don't... Th- you don't I... have a Bane sounder that can fit that Kevin's Corner? You want me to do a Bane <laughs> Yeah, I do. I right need now? a little Bane sounder to round out Kevin's Corner. Oh, boy. It uh... was a sad Kevin's Corner. What do you got? Uh... <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's just inappropriate. Uh, Which one are you picking? I loaded 15 Bane Sounders on your computer. Of course. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Kevin's Corner. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Kevin bringing up a depressing topic. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Kevin talking about sad stuff every day. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. All right. This is going to be um, a record for the podcast. The longest podcast in the history of our podcasts. Wow. We're at an hour 19, oh. but we still have one more segment. The mailbag. What'd you say? The mailbag. That right there is the mail. Now, let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Yes. <laughs> That's from Always Sunny. That is the one from Always Sunny. Yes, sir. Yes, siree. All right, what, what do we got? I don't. Do you have the mailbag over there? Um. Yeah, I got tons of mail. Always, right? Just like, I, how much mail do we have? That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day. Okay. Here's a here's a question for our our loyal fans. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> question for our fans? Yeah. For, from our fans. Oh, Sorry. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> um, so we now I'll let you choose, right? As the host of the, the podcast, I'm the mm-hmm. co host. Do you want a medical related or a non medical mailbag this week? I think non medical. Okay. Okay. Here, what are some? Here's the question. Okay. What are some of the pros and cons between the soda stream and <laughs> and canned bubbly? Oh wow! Oh wow! This is a topic that I know a lot about. <laughs> we could say we're experts on it. So, uh, Santana, what are the pros and cons between the soda stream bubbly? And first off, I should explain what SodaStream bubble yeah. is. SodaStream is one of the ones that's reusable. You use a CO2 cartridge. You uh, use tap water, fill up your thing, bubbly it with CO2. Carbonated. Carbonated, thank you. And then you can add flavors. You don't have to add flavors to it. It's up to you. They got tons of flavors. And thank the Lord, our favorite company, Bubbly. Thank the Lord. Adds has flavor shots that you can put in there. Yeah. If we're ever in a uh, our own crises of the apartment, <laughs> we ran out of cans. What should we do? What? We got our bubbly soda stream. Yep, good to go. So pros and cons, hit me with them. I mean, you basically just broke it down right there. The pros of the soda stream are reusable. Boom. Uh, you add whatever flavor you want to any degree. Boom. You add the carbonation. You want a little carbonation? You want a lot of carbonation? Cool. You can do it. Boom. Uh, the sleek design. Yes. It looks so nice over there on our counter. Yep. I'm looking at the counter. You can't see it from where you are, but we got our <laughs> coffee maker where they it grinds fresh beans every morning. Okay. Tea maker. You can make hot water, tea. Yep. Soda stream right in the middle. Boom. Symmetric right in the middle. Next to that, we have our espresso grinder. <laughs> Next to that, we have our espresso machine. <laughs> yeah, we got it all over here at the Batter HQ. Um, I think those are reasons enough, right? Where, where you have you, it, you can change the carbonation, you can change the flavors, and it's reusable. Yeah, I mean, number one, reusable—that's the coolest thing, right? Yeah, so sustainable. Oh my so gosh, so sustainable. I mean, the cans, the cans are also recyclable. Let that be noted. Yes, and remember, we learned that most thi- most of recycling is uh, an old wives' tale. It doesn't actually happen. Most of it goes to the ocean. One of the rare things that can be recycled that is recycled on a consistent basis is aluminum cans. Aluminum. I think that's an oversimplification of the problems with recycling, <laughs> it's, but it's not. we'll move past it. <laughs> Recycle stuff, guys. Don't listen to Kevin. Recycling is an old wise tale. It's not an old. It shouldn't be on the consumer. It should be on the producers. Well, duh. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm with you on that one. You're missing the biggest pro of the Soda Stream. The biggest pro? I could make an argument that the Soda Stream bubblies are even more delicious than the canned bubblies. Oh, can you? And don't. <laughs> um, and and don't tell Bubbly, but I almost like Bubbly. The, close your ears. The minerals of the the tap water that are added to that because you use tap water for Soda Stream, right? I almost think it's a better taste. I like the extra minerals. The, the fluoride. Yeah, for sure. The, the added fluoride, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell our listeners, we barely ever use the soda stream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after listing all the pros. 
The cans is where it's at. <laughs> you go to the fridge. Yes. You get the can out. It's ice cold. Ice cold. There's some condensation dripping down the sides. Yep. Yep. You crack it open. You guys have hear it every week. You crack it open. Yep. <laughs> Oh my God! Your I, pupils dilate. You can't. You can't beat the convenience. It's so nice just having a can, Mm-mm-mm. just going in there. The only times I, the only times, the most common situation where I will go with a Soda Stream is when I'm so parched because Soda Stream bottles are huge. It's like a liter. Yeah, for and sure. I, and if I just want to down a liter of water, yep, I'll go with the Soda Stream. Yep. Or if I've already had like five cans of bubbly, <laughs> I'm like, I should probably slow down on the cans. Then I'll go to the soda stream. So, I mean, the the pros of the can is just the convenience. No yeah. doubt about it. Ugh. And I guess that, you know, you weigh the pros and cons of everything in life. I guess that <laughs> pro outweighs everything else we listed. Uh, Yeah, and Kevin's buying them, so I'm going to keep drinking them. Boom, boom, boom. That is, that is true. I don't think we've ever explained that I just buy about five 12 packs of bubbly every week and i get it delivered on instacart and they show up at our front door and i put them in the refrigerator we didn't have to expose ourselves like this we can edit it out ah, that's so funny so that's the question that's the a pro- great question pros and cons between the soda streaming it is a great mailbag question let's uh let's signify the end of the mailbag with our all the the one that we always play every week. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day. Okay. <laughs> that's my new fave. <laughs> um, I guess that's the pod, right? That's it. So, like we say every week. Oh, uh, thanks, Anderson, for coming yes, on. Yes, thank you, Anderson Carter. Great, great guy. Thank you for the mail. Always, every week. Yeah, keep yep. it, keep it coming. Yes, sir. Like we say every week, a bird, bird in, in the, the hand. hand. Is worth two in the bush. See ya.